I'm Ash, and this is another episode of Calf Kick Sports. Uh, as ever, I'm joined by Tim, and today we've got MMA, MMA royalty in the house, in fact. Uh, you know, this guy, he's a former UFC champion, Strikeforce champion, WEC champion, King of Pancreas champion. Uh, you know, no more words uh, really needed. Just an absolute legend and a trailblazer of the sport. How are you doing, Frank? Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, man, I'm super good. I'm having an awesome day today. That's great to hear, Frank. I really appreciate your time here today. So it's so hard when we're doing research on people. Usually they're promoting like a a specific product. But when we look back in your history, there's so many points where like, I want to ask about this, so many points on this person's (laughs) life. So I'll go back to the beginning here. You were in prison from 17 to 20. You were adopted by the Bob Shamrock and the Shamrock family. What are the best lessons you learned from Bob Shamrock that you are now passing on to other people in your life? Sure. And great question. Um, you know, for me, like I grew up without a dad, you know, I was really a kind of a lost kid um, until I found martial arts and and Bob Shamrock as a father figure, as a mentor. And, you know, the best thing he taught me and the most important thing he taught me was just how to be a man. Like I, that's kind of missing in, in our society. Like what are the steps to become a man? Um, because we were all troubled kids, Bob's job was to like <laughs> point us in the right path. Um, but, you know, honesty, speak your truth, um, you know, stand up for what you believe in, you know, use your body, you know, as a vehicle and a tool like for success, for longevity, like mind, body, spirit. So he taught all those things in his little, you know, dad lesson way um, and just the simplicity of it. Be kind, you know, love people, you know, um, you know, value yourself, you know, invest in yourself just those simple ideas. That's what made me successful. That's what got me out of prison and made me successful because without those, I was just a mess until Bob kind of came into my life and became my mentor. You know, I had no, no tools basically. So a huge, I mean, it's like a huge chapter of your life where you move forward, you learn a lot of lessons and now you're passing it on to other people. And it sounds like you're living that lifestyle through the Shamrock way, which is a charity you run, which, which helps build houses, working on mental health. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Shamrock way and your charity, Frank? Yeah, sure. Well, when my uh, father passed away, when Bob passed away, um, you know, I was really looking for a way to honor him and sort of continue his legacy, like what he taught me. Um, and so I wanted to reopen the Shamrock Boys Ranch, which kind of closed down when his, when his health fell ill, um, you know, the place where I went and sort of have that experience as a young man to become a man. Um, and so we started this charity in his honor, and it's just expanded to all these different areas where we have knowledge and interest and we're able to impact communities. So we do uh, self-defense programs for women at risk, for trafficked uh, women, like we do all these different programs. They all come from fighting and martial arts because that's what we know and believe in. Um, and we carry on uh, Bob Shamrock's legacy through it. Our long-term goal is to reopen the Boys Ranch because um, such an impactful experience. And like I said at the beginning, we're missing those moments in society. Like, how do you become a man? Like, this, what's the right step? And, you know, each group has sort of individually, you know, made their things. But there's not like, you know, in the old days, you went out and you speared something. You went out and you... You know, you stayed the night in a cave, like you did something big. And that was kind of the thing. And everyone knew it. And now there's no like, how do you get there? Like, how do you become a man? And then what is that in our society? And you look at some of these men, they're not pleasant. (laughs) They're not kind. (laughs) And I'm one of the toughest men in the world. Yeah. I'm kind to everybody. 
Yeah, you, you almost had that with the Cub Scouts and the Scouts thing back in the day. Yeah. It's like that kind of, I, I was in the Cub Scouts actually. So I, you, you don't have that anymore. Now you see kids just glued to their tablets or their phones, which is quite strange. You know, you don't get yeah. any outdoors activities. And before you jumped over the creek or, you, you know, there was the, you climbed the high school thing. Like it was always something. You know, you went to the wow. top of something, even in your own community, and all that has just kind of fallen away. And so young men like me, who are just a mess or having trouble in life, you know, they end up, you know, have, having no idea what to do. And, you know, doing, you know, they're boys. They do yeah. stuff. <laughs> I mean, I went to prison for throwing rocks at a train. And I speak at churches and, you know, corporations around the world, and they're like, what, that's illegal? And I'm like, yeah. yeah, right. Like, but that's that's how dumb and uh, you know unaware little boys are because they're just going on their journey. And their mm-hmm. maturity takes a little bit longer. But we need those moments, and it doesn't have to be the schoolyard fight. It doesn't have to be you know those big moments that some of us have, uh, you know, that are so pivotal. Uh, but there, there should be something, right? You know, you kiss your first girl, you you jump over the creek, you, <laughs> you complete you know uh, algebra. Like there should be something in our society. And that's what I'm in search of right now uh, through the ranch and through my, you know, just the activities that I do. Um, That's what I like. That's what I'm looking for. Where is that stuff? We need it. (laughs) Exactly. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, On the tip of uh, kind of raising men, especially troubled boys, does this kind of fit into the idea that you've talked about with the warrior code and living like a warrior? I assume this relates in, correct, Frank? Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, uh, when I met Bob, it just changed my life because I was just this lost kid, you know, grew up on the streets and, you know, we, you know, I was, we were on welfare and I just remember being like without leadership, without food, without, you know, I remember having all these issues and, um, you know, other kids didn't have them because they had parents and, you know, social structures and all this stuff. So I was always in search of this. And so when martial arts came along, nothing is realer than martial arts. Because if you mess it up, you get punched in the face. And then you go, okay, well, that, that, that actually didn't work out. So we should talk about that and fix that because I got punched in the face. So it, it takes away all this fear and it takes away all this, you know, disconnection between people because you have to do it. You know, it doesn't matter what your race, sexuality, religion, wealth, we still have to figure it out, you and I. And then yeah. the process of that, you know, you and I are good. The technique is good. Everything gets better. Um, so that just idea of, you know, being vulnerable enough, being willing enough, being, you know, hey, I'll do it. What is it? Okay, let's try it. Well, let's talk about that. I got punched in the face. Being willing to go on that journey is how business is, how relationships are, how everything is in society. Um, and so, you know, I always end it with maybe there is a way, maybe it's martial arts. Um, yeah. Maybe it exists already and we just don't know about it um because it worked for me but i'd love for everyone to be like well there's got to be a way (laughs) what is it you know let's (laughs) let's try to agree on that and let's hope it's not you know axe throwing or you know who knows what it is in our you know society martial arts is what changed it for me because all that stuff bob said uh, he gave me the tools i couldn't apply them because i didn't have enough people around me besides bob to support me and once mm. I got into martial arts, then everybody had the same vision. Oh, what? okay, well, let's figure this out together. So I had more support. 
Bob gave me the belief and the courage. And then martial arts gave me the community and the family. And like, that's where, to me, it comes together and you're successful. So. Amazing. Are, you, are you familiar with David Goggins by any chance? Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, you know, with the whole extreme ownership, did Bob ever teach you, your father, did he ever teach you like any principles that are similar to that, like that would translate today? Because that's not anything new, you know, extreme ownership. It's been around for a long, long time, but it's just been, it's just been repackaged in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that like that's, that's something you've been taught at young age as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bob's thing was you speak the truth. Yeah. So you just you speak the truth, like that's because he spoke the truth. It's like no, that wasn't good. That was good. That hey, but but but, and it wasn't. You know, there was a there was always a counterbalance. Uh, you know, cause and effect. I came from a world of addiction, abuse. You know, everything's crazy. There's no there's no reality to the fact that I spilt milk on the floor. Like, yeah, yeah you know what okay. I mean? like, that didn't connect to me being educated but in bob's house it did hey you spill milk on the floor don't walk <laughs> through the living room with milk and you'd be like yeah. oh okay because you you know mechanic so he just brought in the the truth speak your truth and that's what you know the truth is i was scared of fighting mm. the truth is i didn't know how to fight the truth is once i got in deep nobody knew how to fight and that was my secret weapon everyone was lying everyone was like yeah i know this and i know that and i'm like wait a minute i'm like studying it all you guys don't know and that's how i got to the front of the line because i was willing to go like okay well can you explain this because it doesn't make sense and i don't know and nobody else wanted to be vulnerable and say i don't know uh you know i'm not gonna write that down i'm far too tough for that um that's the only reason I figured this out. Anybody could have done that who had the humility and, you know, had the courage to be like, all right, well, beat me up and then tell me what you did. And then I'm going to ask you a hundred questions about it until I figure it out. Um, yeah, of course. Who wants to do that? What a process. No, <laughs> you talking about martial arts reminds me a lot of, if you remember Evan Tanner from back in the day, he talked about fighting as a way of being very free. And I yes. think, One thing that you might be touching on, Frank, is when your life is extremely chaotic and you're having a lot of trouble, martial arts and fighting suddenly feels very simple. You have one enemy to deal with. You just have one problem to deal with. And the consequences of that problem is, like you said, getting kicked in the head. So compared to other facets of your life, was fighting, oddly enough, easier than other things and no holds barred and stuff like that? Absolutely. While terrifying and and superficially damaging and you know, exhausting, uh, was actually the best life ever because, and I was just counseling one of my mentees this morning on this. I was like, I didn't shop for like 10 years. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I didn't want to expend the energy to get in my car, drive to the store, think about shopping. Wow. That was unnecessary. Yeah. When I realized I don't need that. All I need to do is figure this out, become the greatest, be, be strongest, have them recover. So those things become unnecessary. But what happens is after a decade or so, when you're living in these, you know, isolated bubbles of amazingness, you just sort of lose touch with everything. And, and you know, you hope your community, the people that love you and respect you, keep you grounded. You hope, you know, you remain connected to that, you know, martial arts thing. Um, but yeah, it just, what it does for the human spirit is every day, you have personal achievements. Every day. And then you connect with another human being 
and you have a human social experience about that. That's it. And that process is what grows human beings. Doesn't matter if you're singing, doesn't matter if you're doing art. If you woke up every day, got out your art stuff, met somebody, worked on stuff together, talked about it, celebrated, had fun, broke a sweat, and then went home, you'd be like, wow, I feel amazing about this experience. But that's what martial arts gives you. And then what it gave me, because I didn't have it, was emotional stability and calm. I was like, wow, when I act this way, people are weird. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm tired and frustrated and angry. And maybe I should not be that way. Because now my buddy's like, hey, what, you, you all right there, buddy? Everything okay with you? <laughs> so it gave me an awareness of my personal interactions and my limitations. And I had friends be like, dude, you didn't call me for two weeks. And I'd be like, dude, you're right. Like, What's wrong with me? And like, I don't know. But I was like thinking maybe you didn't want to train with me. And all of a sudden, my brain is like, okay, wait a minute. I, he wants to train with me, and I'm not even paying. Like, so it gave me a deeper connection to humans, which now is what my connection to business is. I just help people. Like, oh, you need some help? Well, let's try to work together. Maybe we can make money. And if not, call this guy, and good luck, and maybe I'll see you on the road. Um, because that's what happens in martial arts. You travel around. You're like, hey, I got this great idea. Oh, let's talk about that. No, no, no. Boom. Nope, that didn't work. All right, let's all think about it. Come back together. We'll work it out. And then <laughs> we'll see you next year. Um, that idea of collaboration and, and interaction and growth and purpose and, you know, personal development, that's what makes great human beings, regardless yeah. of what you're doing. And that hasn't stopped for you. You know, you're still doing, you're still doing that, you know. Yeah, still, I still do it. You know, you're not going to stop. Day. <laughs> yeah everything is in, in my life now it's so weird because it's all energy based right we're just these beings of energy and yeah. we're floating around and we're attracting and putting out these other energies and so you know the latest energy is i'm like I wake up every day and it's like this fighting never happened physically it's like it never it's, I'm, i wake up and i'm like okay it's like it could have been a dream because i'm waking up from a dream so I'm like, this is the weirdest thing. So I'm so in touch with my body and I'm talking to all my friends and everybody's banged up. Everybody's jacked up. You got one shoulder and arm short and, it, you know, they're just, everybody's jacked up. And I'm like, well, how did I get through this? Yeah. You know, I mean, I was like so hardcore, like way ahead of, you know, physicality, like just grinding it. Um, and it came down to science. Every time I broke something, I fixed it. Every time I had a need, I filled it. Every time I didn't understand, I searched for it. I made my machine as good as humanly possible until it got old. And one of the key ingredients for me was nutrition. Yeah. Found it was all about nutrition. I was like the fuel for me to, I want to be a, a Ferrari. I want to be a Bugatti, but I'm, I'm living on, you know, leaded gasoline. I'm, I'm eating at McDonald's. Right. And it wasn't until I kind of went, it wasn't until I became a super athlete and then became aware of sort of the value of that, that I realized that my hippie mom and all her organic drinks and like her whole vibe and everything she grew up teaching me about nutrition. I realized I had the knowledge. I just didn't have the discipline to apply it. Now, and this is something when, when I was looking on your website, we had motivational speaker, we had books. Yeah. You also had greens <laughs> products there as well. Yeah. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit more about these greens? Because yeah. I think that's yeah, what yeah. you're talking about is these, totally. these green products to help with you. Because I remember um, like not just the knocks from regular fighting, like you were thrown out of a ring by like guys like Boss <laughs> Rootin and stuff like that. And now yeah. you're, you're healthy and recovered. T tell us a little yeah. bit more about the greens products. It's, in, it's, it's in, well, I did, I, I, 
I got kicked in the face by uh, Yuki Kondo. The uh, legend Yuki Kondo, one of oh. my favorites. It literally booted in the face. I fell through the second rope onto a concrete floor on the top of my head and <laughs> knocked myself unconscious. Like the ding. And, uh, and, th- and then everyone's like, wow, we should put mats around those rings. That's a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, the, you know, I was like pioneering safety with my, with my melon. Um, and then, you know, what happened is because I fell on my head on concrete, it shifted the bone plates in my head. And I had this really rare thing happen, which is when your bone plates displace, it messes up your equilibrium and your ability to balance. So I would go to grab a doorknob and it would be like two inches to the left. Oh. And I was like, whoa, what's happening? And I run into this chi- uh, German chiropractor, Hink de Graf, in uh, South Carolina. And I tell him the story. And he's like, wow, I've heard of this in books, but I've never seen it. And, he's, and I go, well, how do you fix it? And he goes, I have to stick my thumb in your mouth. Oh, my to, goodness. <laughs> I have to mash your uh, jaw muscle so that the bone thing relaxes and it goes back into place. And I'm like, no way. And he's, yeah. And he's all excited because he had never done this technique before. Um, I'm this crazy American fighter guy whose head's crooked and I'm, my hand's over here. Uh, and he's like, digs in there. I could feel the muscle relax and the bones move into place. So that, those are the only times I've been seriously messed up in this area. But all throughout my career, I ate good, slept good. You know, like I talked about shopping. I didn't shop. Somebody else went shopping. I went and napped. I went and iced. I went and hydrated. I went and got a massage. I went and got, you know, a chiropractor. I didn't waste my time shopping. I didn't waste my time calling people back. I didn't waste my time, you know, making food because my focus is here. I had warrior's focus. What is the task at hand? Can't get beat up. I get beat up. Everything's done. If I lose, it's all done. So everything has to win. Everything has to move forward. But yeah, that warrior mindset is something I want to get. Everybody should have that. You should never walk around and feel like, oh, I'm, I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've never felt like that. I remember feeling like that was a kid. I remember when I lived on the streets, I was scared. I remember sleeping in parks and being like, I'm scared because I don't, I can't do anything. Like, I don't have any power, I don't have any strength. Um, I have never had that feeling ever again. I see a situation, I assess it, I understand how to deal with it. It is what it is, what it is. Mechanics. Yeah. Science. You pull out a knife, get in a knife fight, you get hit with a knife. You get in a stick fight, you get hit with a stick. You get in a gun fight, you get hit with a gun. That is the probability. And the only way to avoid that is to not have it happen. Right? Because if it doesn't happen, there's no problem. If you're prepared and it happens, there's no problem. If you're unprepared and it happens, you got a problem. who wants to walk around with problems that's why to me it's like everybody should be like okay how you doing i'm ready you know i get it i'm ready if i'm I'm one of the toughest guys in the world if i'm in a foreign country walking on a street that i don't understand and two guys are walking towards me do you know what i'm doing i'm crossing the street (laughs) i don't know these guys yeah exactly that's smart that's smart they could be preachers on their way to teach Pregnant women aerobics. It doesn't yeah. matter. I'm going to assess the situation and be like, you know what? Yeah. Mechanically, scientifically, this is not right. Yeah. And I'm going to walk across the street. And that takes one second to go, hmm, huh, boom. And now there's zero chance ever that I could be in danger or have any risk. That's a warrior's mindset. 
That's what training martial arts and awareness gives you. Because I'm never going to be in a situation unless I go into it. And I'm like, I need to help here because I know what to do. Other than that, it's never going to happen. Because I'm going to see him and be like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> do, you, do you ever feel like you lived like almost like, I always almost have this analogy because I was speaking to Tim about this the other day. And it's almost like you've lived multiple lives. Like Mike Tyson, you know, he lived, he lived a, you know, kind of not great childhood. And then he became world champion boxer, got all the, the, the fame and the wealth. And now he's going back to doing like podcasting and settling down, doing his own business. And I see a lot of like similarities and um, parallels. Do you ever feel like, you, you know, it's similar or not at all or? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, uh, when you're on it, when you, when you, here's the thing with warriors, they go, they step forward and say yes, when everyone's like, no, no, let's reevaluate that. Let's, let's all discuss that. <laughs> the warrior yeah. goes, mm, no, there, there's, we need to deal with that. And then the difference is, is they're prepared to deal with it. And if they get punched in the face, they're going to be like, well, that, you know, that sucks. And I'm going to figure that out. But they have a tool set ready. Everyone else goes, okay, well, you know, let's call someone. Let's talk about this. Uh, Let's vote who goes out and deals with it. And when you have that mindset in your life, you don't shy away from it. Like you don't worry about things. You just go, oh, okay, boom, let's get that done. And sometimes you screw it up. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes, but everyone appreciates the fact that you're stepping forward and going, okay, well, let's try this and let's go there. And, um, And that's a quality that is transferable, that just, Everybody wants to be around someone who's like, well, let's give it a shot. <laughs> oh, we screwed it up. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not bleeding. Let's get in there and try it again. Like yeah. everyone wants to be around someone who has belief and passion and purpose. And if you don't value yourself or if you don't like what really brought it home when I had my son, I was like, well, who's going to look after my son? Because I remember being alone. I remember having no dad and being like, this is scary. And the hardest part for me and what really changed me as a person is when I went to prison, nobody was there to look after my son, no dad. And I did exactly what my dad did to me. And that's when I went, am I going to be that guy or am I going to change? And that's it. That's what you, it's those moments in life. What, who, what's the decision? What's, what's the, and a lot of us, for a lot of us, it's just accepting roles. A lot of it's, Hey, do you want to, be the two preachers walking down the street to go teach that class. And if the preachers say, yes, that's their role. And in that role, they got to be their best because somebody's like, you know, the, the energy is someone's relying on it, needing it. There's value. And yeah. as a warrior, my job, do the best I can to crush it. Right. Whatever it is, because that's what the purpose is. I'm not going to go into, you know, battle and be like, Oh, I'm going to poke your toe. And then you're going to get an infection you know, in six months, you're going to fall over and die. I'm like, no, because we got to protect. So it's, you know, we're going to do it the, the quickest, most efficient, biomechanically sound slash that does the most amount of damage quickly <laughs> with the least amount of effort. Efficiently, right? Working efficiently. <laughs> now, I, I, we do have to switch paths because we are still a mixed martial arts show. We are still, you know, talking about fighting, our fans want certain questions answered. And I think you know yeah. the questions that's coming because every interview, it's like these questions are always chasing you. 
What is the Dana White and Hall of Fame story, number one? And what is the actual true story behind Dana White and the Hall of Fame for you, Mr. Frank Shamrock? Oh, sure. Yeah. So the, uh, the so the, I don't know what the real story is. I, I don't really follow kind of the media um, for this sport, just because I kind of checked out. So I'm not really sure what the real, the, the media story is, but um, they did invite me to the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, two years ago, I think it was. And then, you know, we had come to an agreement on some things and then, um, you know, I think we were both looking for sort of a show of faith because it had been so acrimonious for so long. And so I think they wanted me to show up and be nice and I wanted them to show up and be nice and we couldn't get to the show up and be nice, you know, conversation and then it fell apart. And um, I was sort of indifferent to it because I was doing my own thing. So I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. If it, if it works itself out, I'll show up. And then, and then it just didn't. And then, so that was it. Um, and yeah, and it really happened, you know, the, the, what happened with Dana and I is just was an evolution in the sport. I, you know, I was a martial artist. So for me, it was about this development, this martial art, like this is how we, you know, this is what the value is. And that's how I was able to make such a commitment. So for me, it was like, listen, this is life changing. You know, the, this is what it did for me. This is the value it has on society. I'll accept the role of being the, you know, the guy, you know, the messenger. Um, and that is what I became. I became the spokesman of the entire sport for years. Yes. When, when they bought it, I was the guy who had explained it all and told, you know, been the guy. Um, and so we really tried to bring those two ideas together and we just couldn't. And then, you know, they didn't, they weren't pleased. <laughs> you know, they were, they weren't like, you know, when business fails like, or, or doesn't work out, we're like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll try something else. You know, they were more of upset by it. And, um, and I was just indifferent, you know, I was like, whatever. Cause I was on my journey, which involved, you know, then starting a league and, you know, getting, you know, expanding network television. And, and so for me, I'd already moved past the idea that this might be extremely valuable for the country and I might need to share the message. And I just kind of moved on. So bigger stuff going on. <laughs> I understand. Ash. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it, it was my passion. I loved it. Cause I, I would generally just get up and tell my story. I'm like, listen, this is what it did for me. Like you don't understand. And, and while you may see it this way, cause that's a lot of what you see on TV. I was like, this is the real essence of it. And, you know, I, it's funny because I, when I do public speaking, I'm always like, my biggest claim to fame is not fighting. It's convincing America that cage fighting was a good idea. Because <laughs> it's such not a good idea, but then it is. It really is. It really is. So yeah, it's like, it really you know, but you don't understand. Yeah, and then I tell them the story and they're like, well, shit, yeah. he has the perfect passion on something that is totally questionable if it's healthy for you at that level. Um, so it, was, it just brings up so much you know, interest because, you know, nothing changed in me. Prison, <laughs> discipline, martial art. Oh, great tools. Same, same exact person, just slowly developing and absorbing. But it was this mechanic, honor, respect, discipline, mind, body, spirit. If you followed those principles on a daily, you would have an amazing life. And if you trained in martial arts, you'd have an amazing life. Brilliant. Everybody train. Did you did you guys hear about this latest thing that just happened? Well, it happened today. Some breaking news. Um, 
So there's this new MMA league that's going to be structured a bit more like NBA or NHL. Mm. Uh, and some of the deals are saying that, let me see. So implements a CBA. It's got a 50-50 revenue share with the athletes. And the plan is apparently meant to go ahead for 2023. So that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it will be, it will be fun to see what happens and how it compares to the the bigger promotions but yeah it would be nice to see a bit more competition for sure right now 100% it's just um <laughs> it's just a bit of a one horse uh kind of race at the moment yeah well you know that's that's why a lot of the sport doesn't get watched by me because once they bought strike force you know from us yeah you know, that was that they rolled up the sport you know they they, they own the industry uh, and have dominance so uh, you know, there's an, there's an old saying, uh, you know, when everyone's dead on the battlefield, uh, you leave. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, Frank. So I have time for one more question and then we'll wrap it yeah. up with a couple plugs of where people can find yeah. you next, but we do have yeah, a yeah. listener question from green four, nine, two, eight, five. How do high profile fighters make the transition from active competition to normal civilian life? How do you actually get away from fighting? I thought that was a great question. Yeah, it's a really good question because I would say most don't, meaning that um, they fail to prepare, they fail to plan, they fail to develop more skill sets. So then when it happens, it kind of rushes in and then they sort of struggle to reboot and, uh, you know, learn more skills in the kind of post not happening era, um, which is which is hugely depressive and sad and challenging and like it's a really tough time for all professional athletes to stop their purpose in life and then to reshift. So to try to then add new skills and expect like, that's a really tough time. Um, what I was able to do is all throughout my career, because it's a martial arts principle, I was always looking at the future. Well, gosh, I'm gonna get old. Um, this sport might not make it. There's a risk factor there. Um, I could get hurt. Um, and, and here's the good side. So I was always, you know, I like, okay, well, I should learn to speak. Um, I should learn to broadcast. I should learn to teach. I should learn to, because this, so I was always in this personal growth mode. And then when it was over, I was like, okay, well, actually I got this other job and I got this other job. So there was a bridge of preparation and we do the same thing in executive coaching. Now you don't leave the corporation, you build a bridge because if you leave, there's a huge hole and everything's broken and no one knows what to do both sides. But when you bridge out and you create this thing and everybody, you know, functions well, um so yeah you need some bridge and you should be building we should all be building more skills in life yeah what if our job tomorrow is gone by technology what if you know who knows what could happen so we should always be hmm okay let me let me let me figure some of that out uh and and you know that's part of the warrior's code is always learning because if you're always learning then you always have more value hey well I figured this out. What do you think about this? Well, that's interesting. There's always more value and people want to be with you, hang out with you, work with you, help you, you know, associate with you because you get value. And even if it's just knowledge. It's great advice. And especially for active fighters, but uh, we'll kind of let you wrap it up here. Where can people find more Frank Shamrock? What products do you have going on? And we'll link it all down below in the YouTube. My name is Tim Ween with Tim to Ween MMA. We are the Cafe Sports Podcast with AshMMA.CKS. Frank, you have the last word here. Go ahead, sir. 
Oh my God, I love it. Um, yeah, you can find me everywhere on social media at Frank Shamrock on YouTube. I am the Frank Shamrock. And then our charity is shamrockway.org. Our greens is morningman.com. And um, yeah, one message I want to give everybody, the one thing that is free, builds communities, empowers people, like just makes people better, kindness. Brilliant. Kind. If you did nothing but just went out and were kind to people, you will find success. And I'll tell you why. Because people want people to be kind to them. Because yeah. people that are kind are nice to be around. <laughs> They're yeah. enjoyable. So if, if you want to be successful, I would just stop and be like, hmm, how can I be kind to every single person I meet today? Beautiful message, man. I love that. Yeah. Frank, so much. Appreciate your time. Huge. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, man. Thank you, guys.